Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. President Biden, live sound from the East Room of the White House. I'm Joe Matthew in Washington. Thanks for being with us on Bloomberg Radio as we just listened to the day after news conference, as promised by President Biden. He did not make any major announcements, did did weigh in, though, on what was a better night, at least, than expected for Democrats. While we don't know all the results yet, at least I don't know them all yet, uh, here's what we do know. While the press and the pundits are predicting a giant red wave, uh, it didn't happen. And I know you were somewhat miffed by my uh, my uh, obsessive optimism, but uh, I felt good during the whole process. I thought we were going to do fine. While any seat lost is painful, some good Democrats didn't win the last night. Democrats had a strong night. And we lost fewer seats in the House of Representatives than any Democratic president's first midterm election in the last 40 years. Part of his opening remarks, he did acknowledge some of the challenges uh, faced as well. But the voters were also clear that they are still frustrated. I get it. I understand it's been a really tough few years in this country for so many people. I'm going to bring in our panel. Rick and Jeannie are with us. Rick Davis and Jeannie Shanzano, Bloomberg Politics contributors as we get Bloomberg sound on, off and running a little bit differently this evening. I want to start with the panel having heard from the president now. We waited uh, for, for a little bit of time. He gave us, what was that, about f- 40 minutes, I guess, uh, a number of questions. Maybe it was a little bit more than that. He started about 20 minutes late here uh, as the White House did promise a little encounter with the president. Uh, he said he would take 10 questions. I don't know if he actually made good on them here. It must have been at least 10, Jeannie. How did he do? How was the posture, the confidence following a night like we know he had? Well, you know, we were, at least some of us were expecting, you know, 48 hours ago maybe Mm -hmm. that he could potentially be talking about some kind of shellacking. Mm -hmm. And here was a president who got to go out in a midterm in his first term and talk about a pretty good night for his party. So that was a very positive thing. And, And he went out, he took questions, and he stressed that he is going to continue to work for the American public. He expressed sensitivity to the fact that people are feeling, as the polls showed us last night, very frustrated with the direction of the country and the economy. And he talked about the fact he's going to continue to try to work across the aisle as he heads out overseas tomorrow and then comes back. He said he's going to be meeting with people from both parties to try to address the issues addressing the American public. So I think all in all, he did a good job. But let's not forget, 
you know, for most reporters, we don't hear from the president in these venues enough. Yeah, right. Um, so it's the, the first press conference he's had in a long time. January was the last real big one, and he hit yeah. the two-hour mark, as I'm sure you <laughs> well remember. I do. Uh, having been in this studio for it. Uh, Rick, it, it's been framed by Democrats. Well, the House has not been called as the most successful midterm election cycle for a Democratic president going back a long time, maybe any president going back a long time. Does Joe Biden have something to brag about? Uh, look, I think he actually had a good tone today. He wasn't really bragging about anything. He you know, sort of spelled it out as, as it is, mm-hmm. which to have that kind of stability and not uh, demagogue it was uh, refreshing, frankly. Um, and look, I mean, you know, it, just to remind everybody, George Bush in 2002 yeah. or 2002 had uh, gained eight seats. So uh, it, in 20 years, it's mm-hmm. the best performance okay. of any president. Yeah, in a maybe midterm. Democratic president is yeah. the key word there. Yeah. And uh, but like presidents are presidents. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, OK, so, yeah, he's a very successful Democratic president. Um, <laughs> can't 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 help but say, gee, Republicans have been more successful in the last 20 years. Right. Well, that's but, true. But the bottom line is Barack um, Obama. He seemed very <clears throat> he seemed very uh, uh, settled with the idea that he's going to have a divided government. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't didn't commit to that. Obviously, he doesn't want to throw anybody under the bus right now. And they, we don't know what control of Congress is looking like. But the fact that he's committed to sitting down with party on the opposite side mm-hmm. and 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 trying to uh, create a dialogue to see if he can move forward the second half of his administration is a real positive, right? We would have never heard this from Trump, right? Mm. It would have been, we won big, and, like, it's the greatest <laughs> victory in the history of the world. And, right. and, and like, he would have been throwing Democrats under the bus right and left. So the fact that the, the olive branch is out is huge. I think that's what Republicans will be looking for, especially – those Republicans who actually still want to put in a good day's work yeah. in Congress. A great point that you make. The president uh, says he will sit down with the Republican leadership when he returns from his foreign travel. Uh, you mentioned Trump. Let's play that against Trump uh, in, in his remarks in a Newsmax interview going into the uh, the night last night. It's just an incredible contrast from what we heard from Joe Biden, the posture that he chose to take here, and Donald Trump, knowing that Trump had endorsed uh, dozens, if not several hundred candidates, in fact, across the country in this midterm cycle. The results for Republicans, um, how much of that will be because of Donald Trump? Well, I think if they win, I should get all the credit. And if they lose, I should not be blamed at all. Okay. okay. But it'll probably be just the opposite. Uh, when they win, I think they're going to do very well. I'll probably be given very little credit, even though in many cases I told people to run. Uh, is he getting enough credit today, Jeannie? I don't think he's getting much credit. I think he's getting a lot of blame. Yeah, okay, the fair. bright spots for the Republican Party were people who are against Donald Trump or with whom he has had issues, namely Brian Kemp in Georgia and Ron DeSantis in Florida. Mm-hmm. Potential rivals is certainly Ron DeSantis for 2024. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, as we look at President Biden's press conference, that to me was the elephant in the room. The reporters tried to get him to go there. He yeah, sort right. of shied away from it. But you've got Trump, uh, you know, teasing a possible announcement on Tuesday for 24. Mm-hmm. And the big question is, does Joe Biden follow in any, you know, uh, does he follow suit at some point? And of course, um, 
um, you've got the exit polls also showing us that these are two incredibly unpopular <laughs> leaders of their respective parties. And so that sort of is the elephant in the room. Does Joe yeah, Biden yeah, yeah. run and how does he deal with the calendar? And he's going to have a lot of questions to answer about that issue. Interesting the way he answered this uh, question. Listen to this, Rick. He was asked by uh, by Steve Hoffman at Reuters about, you know, you're going to run again. What's the deal? Here's what he has. What's your, well, what's I, your I, thinking? My guess is I hope Joe and I get a little time to actually sneak away for a week around between Christmas and Thanksgiving. <laughs> and my guess is it'd be early next year we make that Early judgment. next year. I should say Steve Holland, the great uh, White House correspondent. Uh, is that the way you do this? You know, he'd be, don't you just say you're running, Rick? No, definitely not. Okay. Um, you, 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 I think he, is, he understands the political process as well as anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's going to assemble advisors. He's going to reach out to mayors and governors and <laughs> members of Congress and ask their opinion and uh-huh. build a little momentum behind it. Because right now he doesn't really have any momentum. He had, a, he had a, obviously a good night. He's probably going to lose one house of the Congress. And okay. so you know, he's got to redefine himself as Create you know, the person he wants to be to run for president if he wants to run for president. I mean, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion, huh. but I think the the public would would benefit from that kind of introspection. In other words, it's not just automatic, I'm going to run no matter what. Uh, I think he wants the party to ask him to run, right? Mm-hmm. You know, there needs to be people out on the public square saying, oh, Joe Biden's our best chance of, you know, winning in right. uh, 2024. I would say, on the contrast, you know, Donald Trump's not asking anybody's opinion about whether he should run again. Right, exactly. And 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 I think one of the things you're going to start seeing in the Republican Party is a lot of people scratching their head and publicly saying, now, wait a minute, he's sitting on $100 million and we just <laughs> lost these seats by a couple thousand uh-huh. votes? What the heck is he doing and with all that money? And he bought a new jet in the meantime. Right. Uh, Jeannie, does the president want to let that Trump uh, announcement simmer for a little bit so Democrats are screaming for him to announce something by the end of the year. Yeah, he wants to let that simmer. He wants to let Ron DeSantis, Donald Trump battle it out. As it, Donald Trump has already said that he will, he will go straight for Ron DeSantis. Mm-hmm. So he wants to let that go. And he can then has the benefit of deciding when he is going to put himself forward if he does. Um, you know, and the reality for Donald Trump, of course, as Republicans look at this, is most or many of his candidates in the upper echelons, many of them lost. You know, Bolduck, Mastriano, Oz, Dixon, Cox, yeah. Zeldin, That's Michaels. A it's Just a to name big, a few. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he had a couple bright spots, maybe yep. J.D. Vance. You know, we're yep, still right. waiting on Arizona and Nevada. But, you know, these are big losses for Republicans. So they're really going to have to grapple with, is anybody in the Republican Party in a position to stop him from announcing and sort of taking the party? It mm-hmm. seemed to me Ron DeSantis, Rick would know better than I do, but Ron DeSantis so far hasn't chosen to do that because he's busy playing God in Florida. Wow. <laughs> Had to there. get that in, like, Joe. You're not worried about him, are you? It's a great opportunity to work in Nathan Gonzalez, a voice we've been looking forward to adding, editor and publisher of Inside Elections, who joins us on this day after. Nathan, thank you for being here. We talked in advance uh, of election night here. And, you know, the, the narrative this morning is uh, red ripple, no red wave. So Kevin McCarthy has declared victory, Nathan. How's this going to end in the House? Well, I, I don't think the House majority is a completely done deal. There is actually a path for Democrats to maintain control. It's, hmm. it's a narrow one. And this is a conversation that I don't think anybody really expected. The idea that Democrats could lose the Senate and hold the House is a scenario that no one was talking about for the last two years based on historical trends, based on where President Biden's job approval rating is. 
Um, right now, it looks like when you break down, what, see what's been called and what's yet to be called, it looks like Republicans will gain between four and 11 seats. So they need five. Mm-hmm. So the lower end of that range is just under what they need. And But, it, you know, if you really pin me down, it looks like Republicans will get it by a handful or less of seats. And that makes it that means that Speaker that Speaker McCarthy is not a given. That there could yep. be a leadership uh, leadership fight and cause some chaos early within the within the Congress. That's going to be an interesting conversation here. Listen to Kevin McCarthy. It was two o'clock in the morning. Uh, I thought we had been. I thought we were done with the speeches. And well, Kevin McCarthy is about to speak, and boy, he sure was ready. It is clear that we are going to take the House back. Interesting uh, way to handle this. He pointed to uh, Sean Patrick Maloney as well, who in the race was called uh, for his opponent. That was a, a kind of a trophy win for Republicans in the Hudson Valley of New York. They had a couple actually uh, in New York here. Uh, that said, are we in for a major leadership battle here because the margin won't be much greater, Nathan? Well, you have to. Uh, McCarthy has to be viewed as a front runner for speaker, but it, it's not a done deal. And then you say, well, who, who, if not him, who, who can be acceptable to all elements of the Republican caucus? And Steve Scalise is going to say, is his name Scalise? You, you have to, but I, I would include Patrick McHenry, Elise Stefanik, Jim Banks of Indiana. I think you have to include those folks. But he, the what he, what McCarthy did last night was something we call cherry picking, right? Yes, Republicans won some seats. Uh, last night, but it wasn't as expected. And right now, the toss-up races, which we expected to break for Republicans because of independents and undecided voters prioritizing the economy and not liking Biden, those toss-up races have been breaking disproportionately for Democrats. And that has really changed the overall outlook on how many seats Republicans are going to gain. With, of course, the exception of this Democrat, not only a member of the Democratic House, but the chair of the DCCC, the man tasked with getting Democrats reelected. Um, I don't want to make this about me. Um, in, I don't like in New York. You guys also lost two or three other seats. No, that that uh, I want Patrick to guarantee Maloney you. Taking questions. There's not one seat on that board that I don't I don't mourn the loss of, um, and and be and it is that competitive nature that uh, will also, you know allow me to answer your question honestly and say I don't like to lose Uh, but my opponent won this race and he won it fair and square and that means something and so I'm going to step aside and I I had a good run thought that was interesting Nathan he's not the only Democrat we heard that from last night it sounded a lot like uh, Congressman Tim Ryan's concession speech in the uh, the Ohio Senate race here it, it, I'm assuming that that there was a, a, a kind of a meeting on this. There, there, there was an agreement among Democrats that if you lose your race, that you do it properly, that you concede and you even call it an honor. Did you sense that last night? Yeah, I think there, there's been a sense even coming into Election Day about election integrity and the process yep. and this leading by example. And with Maloney, there was a confluence of events where Overall, Republicans are doing well in New York, in, in part with Congressman Zeldin's uh, closer than expected run for governor. But Maloney also chose to run in this newly drawn district. He That's only right. represented 25 percent of the district. So he was not a true incumbent mm-hmm. with some of those advantages that come with incumbency. And then you add in the Republican spending and, and that ends up with a, a high profile loss uh, on an otherwise 
disappointing night for Republicans. We're going to turn to the Senate in, in Georgia uh, in just a minute here, Nathan. And we have to wait a month before we know who controls the Senate. Well, you know, right now it's coming down to uh, Georgia, Arizona, and Nevada. And yeah. if if Republicans uh, or if, if either party wins both Nevada and Arizona before we get to Georgia, then we will know control. But if those break, uh, you know, with one party each winning one of those, then yes, it does come down to to Georgia. And you know what? We've been talking about this for months now. Mm-hmm. We've, we've been through multiple cycles where everyone said, oh, everything was way off. And like, no, we've been telling you for months that it could come down to a runoff in Georgia. Yeah, and we, we are on the on the precipice of that. Well, I suspect we'll talk again in the next month. That's set for December 6th. And yeah, that race is Herschel Walker, Raphael Warnock going to a runoff. And that is for sure. Nathan Gonzalez, thanks for being with us. Thanks for being patient as we dealt with a little bit of a delay from the White House today. Editor and publisher of Inside Elections. He probably hasn't slept much like our panel. Can I ask quickly, Rick and Jeannie, while you're here, uh, the the idea of Sean Patrick Maloney giving that trophy, uh, the, 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 the victory that Kevin McCarthy was so thirsty for. How significant is that loss in the Hudson Valley, uh, Jeannie? That that was that was one we waited hours and hours to hear about. It's significant. I think it's the first time I understand in about forty years that the head of yeah. the party is uh, lost in their seat. Um, as you were just talking about, the thing to keep in mind: many Democrats in New York were frustrated with Sean Patrick Maloney for switching districts and running That's there right. in the first place. It was not his home district, so he had only about twenty-five percent were, you know, thinking of him as re-election. He was new to the district and he lost it, but he lost against an onslaught of Republican money. Well, we're going to talk more about the. Back- Battle here for the gavel with Rick and Jeannie, and we'll bring in Billy House from Georgia next. I'm Joe Matthew. This is Bloomberg. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. You need a company with extensive experience in specialized insurance. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and helping provide coverage that suits your needs. The Hartford offers insurance solutions that help mid to large sized businesses like yours effectively manage risk from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. With extensive experience in underwriting, risk engineering services, and claims, the Hartford goes beyond the expected to deliver innovative, customizable solutions and service that your industry, that your business demands. At the Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how the Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Hi, I'm Ron Krzyzewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial Advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing, entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. 
Com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. We turn now to Georgia and the headline, Warnock Walker had a potentially decisive Senate runoff. Potentially decisive indeed. This is the one that could decide it all in the Senate. And doesn't this feel a lot like a couple of years? Are we really doing this again? Waiting around a month to find out what Georgia does? Senator Warnock, despite all this, says he's feeling good. We, we always knew that this race would be close. And so, that's where we are. So y'all just hang in there. I'm feeling good. Okay, they love that. That's how you. I feel good. Where's Ricky Bobby? Billy House picked the right race. Billy, you're going to be moving into like a Waffle House or something for the next month. Are you staying down there for this? It's the uh, the race of the cycle, as it turns out. Warnock Walker. How does this work? Nobody got 50%, and so we've got the runoff, right? That's right. It's uh, By the way, I, I did eat at Waffle House this morning. Don't tell nice. me. Nice. <laughs> uh, uh, but, uh, yes, it's like Groundhog Day uh, uh, in 2021. Yeah. Uh, Raphael Warnock won in a runoff, and here we are again now face him facing uh, Herschel Walker. So uh, Rick Davis, uh, who's with us as as usual on the broadcast tonight, has been making the point that you take Brian Kemp away, right? You've got mm-hmm. that sort of the, – the, there's no there are no coattails for Herschel Walker. He's got to do this on his own, and Raphael Warnock has got a lot of – a lot of oppo to dump on him. We've already got two allegations uh, that he paid for abortions uh, for former girlfriends, even though he is in favor of an abortion ban. This is going to be oppo central for the next month, right? Well, that's absolutely correct. But you mentioned the governor, Brian Kemp, mm-hmm. who won uh, uh-huh. and outperformed, uh, obviously, Herschel Warnock on uh, in last night. He he. he uh, across the board, Herschel Walker underperformed other Republican candidates in Georgia yep. statewide. Yeah. But uh, the big pressure probably will be on the governor to you know come out and and finally show a little love for Herschel Walker. He did not did so do so in the general election, and uh, who knows what the, the governor will do. But there's talk that he is going to open up a little bit, and maybe especially if the Senate is. Uh, and at at stake, come out and help him on the trail a little bit more. It's an interesting concept because this is a Trump pick, right? And Brian Kemp, while he'd love a Republican, I'm assuming to represent the state, doesn't probably feel much of a need to help Donald Trump. No, he's probably no. He's actually feeling like he doesn't need him at all now. But yeah. but Walker might, and and that's the other big kind of unstated question: is uh, will Trump stay away and? And if he doesn't, does that hurt Walker? Well, he certainly learned a lesson uh, in 2020 with that. I guess it was technically 21 uh, with the the Georgia runoff that sent John Ossoff and then, of course, Herschel, uh, uh, Raphael Warnock to Washington here. Uh, so, look, I understand we've got a month. How do you fill that time for these two campaigns, Billy? Uh, it- Given what's happening in the Senate, and if this truly is the determinative race for control, uh, you fill you fill this month with uh, incredible amounts of money once again pouring into a single state from all over the country. Uh, incredible number of of events with uh, people from outside the state, celebrities, uh, uh, ch- 
chiming in and and and, and appearing at rallies for both candidates, mm-hmm. and in 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 the television blitz and other um, media blitz on advertising, unlike you've probably seen very many other places, that happened in 2021. It was incredible, and it looks like it's going to happen again. Billy, thanks for great reporting this week. Uh, can't wait to to have you back in Washington. I'd love to talk to you more about it in person, Billy House. Live in Georgia for us on the fastest hour in politics. Uh, everyone here is, you know, punch drunk or something like that. We've all basically been awake for 48 hours. And I mentioned you, Rick, so we'll bring you back in here. The idea of this uh, this runoff taking place with just one race, just the two candidates on the ballot. What does that mean for Herschel Walker? Is that a much tougher climb than he was already in? Well, you know, he shared the stage with an entire country full of interesting races, right? Mm-hmm. And now the entire country is going to share themselves with Herschel Walker. Oh, and boy. so talk about a spotlight, right? <laughs> I mean, like you never have an opportunity like this. And and the real question is, uh, a real real spotlight on Herschel Walker. How is he going to perform on that, yeah. right? I mean, he, he, he did better than most people thought he was going to do mm-hmm. through this election. And he made it a real go, right? I mean, this is a really tight election. So you have to give him some credit. But like... This is it, right? We're going to spend a month doing nothing but seeing and hearing everything that man says, what he does and how he lived his life and what his reaction is. And by the way, a lot more than the incumbent, uh, Raphael Warnock, because like we already know him, right? Mm -hmm. He's been vetted. He's been in the in Senate for a couple of years and. And he's just not as interesting a character as Herschel Walker. And so, you know, waking up every morning to a Herschel Walker cereal is going to be really interesting. Oh, my God. Uh, I presume it involves badges. uh, I don't know. Maybe some NASCAR. If you could get, you know, a NASCAR endorsement and really get this Ricky Bobby thing together, Jeannie, it might go somewhere. (laughs) That's right. Maybe go meet Billy House at that Waffle House. Yeah, right. The fact (laughs) of the matter is, look, he had Tom Cotton there. He had Lindsey Graham there. Everybody showed up for him. Rick Scott. And he doesn't look like a candidate who is mired in scandal, if you look at these numbers. No, he doesn't. And, you know, the challenge, I think, from the Democratic perspective is, you know, there is always a concern that if Democrats had a better than expected night, do voters want to get out again? Whereas Republicans may feel, hey, we didn't perform the way we wanted to. We're a little bit in the hole, potentially. Are we more motivated to get out there? So if this is really a push for turnout, both sides are going to have to bring out, you know, uh, their big weapons. And I think in Georgia, on the Democratic side, that's going to be Barack Obama. And let's not forget, there was a libertarian candidate in there who got about 81,000 votes, Chase Oliver. So mm-hmm. the question is, where did those votes go? And that is an open question. Coming up, we'll talk more about uh, some of the other races that have yet to be called. And by that, I mean Arizona. And boy, I'll tell you what, Carrie Lake is laying it down. We'll let you know what she said last evening. She said she spoke with God about the outcome of her race. And we'll get into the leadership challenge in the House. Is this Kevin McCarthy's gavel or not? Emily Wilkins is on the way. This is Bloomberg. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. You need a company with extensive experience in specialized insurance. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and helping provide coverage that suits your needs. The Hartford offers insurance solutions that help mid to large sized businesses like yours effectively manage risk from liability and property insurance to workers comp and more. With extensive experience in underwriting, risk engineering services and claims, The Hartford goes beyond the expected to deliver innovative, customizable solutions and service that your industry, that your business demands. 
At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Success is more than the final destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's discipline. It's teamwork. And it's the drive and passion inside of us that comes before all recognition. It's what Stiefel's been doing for over 130 years. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel's become one of the fastest-growing wealth management and investment banking firms in the country. Our financial advisors go beyond traditional wealth management to provide clients with direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises and a leading middle market investment bank. Because success is the drive it takes to keep climbing, the passion to keep investing, the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. You're listening to Bloomberg Sound On with Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Radio. As you've been hearing over the course of the hour, nothing's been called, not the Senate or the House. So why is Kevin McCarthy declaring victory the night before? He was out there 2 o'clock in the morning eastern time it is clear that we are going to take the house back in new york we defeated the democrat campaign chairman sean patrick sean patrick maloney which will be the first time in over 40 years the DCCC chair lost his re-election. And that part is true. The question is, well, who else is going to lose here? And what is the actual balance going to be in the House with still a path at this point uh, for Democrats to keep the House? It's unlikely, but it's possible. And now this is bringing in the whole idea of a challenge to Kevin McCarthy's potential leadership here because, as they say, Emily Wilkins... They smell blood in the water. <laughs> Emily, it's great to see you back from Bloomberg government. It's also been up for two days straight or something like that. You cover the leadership. This is your specialty. Kevin McCarthy thought this would be a layup. He even decided to declare victory or claim victory prematurely. Is he going to be the person holding the gavel if Republicans take the House? Or is Steve Scalise making phone calls right now, among others? Well, at this point, we know that Steve Scalise has already sent out a message to all of his colleagues saying, hey, I'm going to run for that number two spot. Mm. So he clearly doesn't think that he has what he needs right now to put out a viable challenge to McCarthy. And from the folks who I've talked with today, there are a lot who say, you know, McCarthy has led us through to this point. We're not quite sure who another challenger will be. Doesn't mean that one's not going to emerge. Mm -hmm. But at this point, at the end of today, it, it does seem like there is a path forward to Kevin McCarthy still holding that gavel. The question becomes, what is he going to have to sacrifice to get it? Because there are rules that govern how the legislative process works, how power works. Those are all going to be decided in the next couple of weeks. And the far right House Freedom Caucus has already come up with their demands. They want more power. Mm -hmm. They want McCarthy to give it to them. And if there's not some sort of give and take here, that might thing make things really, really complicated for any McCarthy speakership bid. What, what kind of influence would he have if he essentially trades places with Nancy Pelosi, gets a majority of, say, five seats, still has a Democratic president the other end of Pennsylvania Avenue? It doesn't really matter what happens in the Senate in that world. He's not getting a lot done, right? A lot of messaging. Well, when you 
asked Republicans what they wanted to do with control of the House, the thing that they always pivoted to was investigations. Mm-hmm. And he can do as Those many investigations he can do as many investigations as he wants with 218 members. As long as he has control of the chairs, they can go after Hunter Biden. Mm-hmm. They can go after immigration. They can go after the origins of COVID-19. They, they, there's such a laundry list there. But yeah. they, they can do it. That can be a thing that they do. The question, of course, becomes those narrow margins. What happens when you hit that must-pass legislation? What happens when you hit the debt ceiling? Sure, what right. happens when you need to pass government spending bills? Those things And you have a caucus turn. that you can't necessarily keep together on issues like that. I mean, you have the House Freedom Caucus. They, they, they are inviting new potential members to an orientation, mm-hmm. and they have all these little modules for them to attend. And one of them mm-hmm. is a big policy upcoming issues, and they actually say, like, this is how we're going to teach you how you can use these debates wow. to leverage to get conservative priorities passed. Yeah. And so they, they're, they're gearing up for a fight here. Are you invited to the orientation? Uh, I, I mean, I'm always welcome to stand outside of whatever yeah, okay, room or fine. whatever that's, sidewalk. That's a little bit different. Um, when do we know? When do we find out the House? I mean, I, I realize we have a number of uh, races that have yet to be called. When does Kevin McCarthy get to say that with authority? So my crystal ball is currently broken and in the shop yep. and there since about 2016. Now that we've said that. Um, I, I mean, M- McCarthy was saying at 2 a.m. that like when we all woke up in the uh-huh. morning that it would be called. Right. And if you have Kevin McCarthy making claims like that, which, you know, hours later were proved untrue. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, California is going to take a while. Mm-hmm. We knew that. Oregon is going to take a while. Oregon's fifth. That's one that Republicans think that they are going to be able to pick up. Washington, uh, Alaska. I mean, these are all ones that are going to take a while. I mean, certainly, like, I feel like I hope and you hope and mm. everyone who's trying to figure this out in D.C. hopes that it's sooner rather than later. Yeah. But it could really take some time. We've got more days, at least. Maybe by this weekend we have a sense. Maybe, maybe by, not. I mean, like, the, the 2020 election oh, oh, oh. was called on, on a Saturday, just crashing into everyone's weekend Fair like enough. that. So. so you're not making, you're not, you're not, you're penciling in plans for this weekend. Uh, Emily, thank you. It's great to see you. Happy Election Day, day after, even though Election Day is technically Happy not Happy Election over. Week. Absolutely. Happy Election Week. As we reassemble the panel, I want to hear from Rick and Jeannie on this, uh, the idea of a Speaker McCarthy. What are Republicans saying here, Rick? Because you know, there's a lot of different reporting about who might be uh, the other potential Speaker in waiting. Does Steve Scalise make that run? Yeah, I think if there is a run, it's probably Steve Scalise. Um, uh, everybody else sort of lowers their threshold of uh, – desirability, you know, quantity, you know, significantly yeah. past Steve Scalise. The other thing that might happen, and we've seen this happen before, is McCarthy could run and potentially even get elected but not get a mandate from his own caucus and quit, right? Wow. I mean, like, that's how he got elected speaker. Huh. They went through, like, three different – or not speaker, but majority. They, they, they went through, like, three different guys before they got to him. So um, these elections are messy affairs, and uh, – and so there'll be campaigns waged uh, to beat him up a bit. And whether or not that means uh, Scalise can take advantage of it or not is is yet to be seen. But I think that uh, it's worth watching this space because I don't think there's anything decided at this stage. Speaking of races not called, we have to go to Arizona. Uh, we're waiting for the Senate. We're waiting for the governor's race to be called as well. And Carrie Lake, the Republican, of course, Uh, Who was behind the last time I saw the numbers, at least, behind Katie Hobbs, doesn't care. You know, I I did a lot of praying to God. I've been praying to God every day, all day. And I said to him, you make this victory come whatever way you want. If it comes decisive on election day, then bring it to us that way. 
If we have to fight through the BS and the garbage, then we will fight through the BS and the garbage. But how do you get fair and free elections? You have to fight and win to make them fair and free. And we needed another stark reminder that we have incompetent people running the show in Arizona. Okay. So there, now we're getting to the heart of the matter here. We're going to be bogged down no matter how this ends in lawsuits, right, Jeannie? That's right. I'm just looking now. 67% of the vote in. It's yeah. been like 66, 67 yes, right. all day. And they are, it looks like to me, within, you know, 906 to 910, Katie Hobbs narrowly narrowly has it and as rick has told us many times they're going to have a trench of votes out i think at like 7 p.m so there's and one dump coming tonight this yeah could be called it something one else. one dump <laughs> and carrie lake could definitely go over but this thing is going to go on for several days and then of course you have you know you have contests that go on and, and certifications and all those kinds of things yep. but she's going to fight because god told her to and she's going to fight to win joe well, she says the tabulators whatever something weren't working that we, we we already that's been debunked essentially, Rick. But this is going to be a fraud case no matter what, right? Uh, well, unless she wins, right? And I don't know. Even case, then, my God. Yeah, but she won't investigate it. Okay, fine. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. Look, I mean, they've got almost a half a million votes still left to be counted, and a bunch of them are going to come out tonight. And what's really hilarious is these are drop boxes, the same drop oh boxes God. that they were trying to keep people from right. putting ballots in. And so she could wind up being the recipient, if not maybe even the the loser, because of people getting driven away from these drop boxes. Wow. So it's uh, it's it's just a quirk in the system. We heard so much about drop boxes yeah. and and even the Justice Department getting involved. And now it's all coming down to those ballots that were stuffed into drop boxes. You mentioned the come to Jesus yesterday that we're going to have uh, over all of this. When does the Republican Party have a come to Jesus? with the Lakes and Trumps who are telling voters not to take advantage of this, Rick? Well, you know, part of it's going to start at the top. I mean, Ronna McDaniels had a, the chairman of the Republican Party had a conference call with their members today all around the country and said, oh, this is a great outcome. Huh. And I, the ones I heard from were scratching their head going, what planet <laughs> does that woman heard. live on? So, <laughs> I mean, I think it's, again, I mean, the party is very hierarchical. They're going to want to get a signal from the top. And that wasn't the signal they thought they were going to get. So mm-hmm. uh, the party's in a bit of a turmoil right now, I would say. And leadership's going to matter. And frankly, the only person who came out of this, you know, smelling like a rose was uh, Governor DeSantis, who had the huh. best time and right. and you know, unbelievable returns in Florida and, okay. and turning that state red. So let's get to that matter then. Let's I mean, let me ask you about Donald Trump. He's got this thing set for next week, November 15th, Mar-a-Lago. But again, as I mentioned, blood in the water, Jeannie. Does that clear the field? Or does a Ted Cruz or a Ron DeSantis say, you know what? No, I'm going to I'm going to run against you. I I think we're going to see a battle here. Um, You know, maybe would not so much had the night gone differently for Donald Trump. But as Rick was just saying, what did we see last night? We did see a wave. That wave was Ron DeSantis in Florida. He won (laughs) Miami-Dade. It's been you know what, 20 years since Republicans have taken that. He took the Hispanic vote down there. That's a huge accomplishment for the Republicans down there. That is a red state required so you can win the Electoral College or almost required. And now you've got, you know, Donald Trump with all of these losers that he supported. And so, that you know, but but still remains the head of the party and really popular with the base. Yeah. So there is going to be a fight. And, you know, then you add in other people like Greg Abbott. He had a pretty good night. Brian Kemp. But do they back off, Rick, if Donald Trump announces next week? Or does Trump own this? The future of the Republican Party of the governors. 
So they're going to get together and decide what they're going to do about Donald Trump. And watch DeSantis in the meantime, right? Amazing. You guys going to get some rest? Say yes. Rick yes. and Jeannie, <laughs> the best panel in the business. Thanks again. We'll do it again tomorrow on the fastest hour in politics. Maybe some races will be called. This is Bloomberg. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.